I'm thankful for the music. Didn't the musicians do an awesome job? Didn't the singers do an amazing job? Such an anointed group of young people. Amen. I am thankful to be here. I am privileged and honored to be here. Amen. They are creating good habits. Amen. As they begin to sing to the Lord. Amen. Give it everything that you got, young people. Amen. Give it everything that you've got. And I'm thankful to be here. I'm, I'm privileged and honored to be able to stand behind this pulpit. Amen. I'm not a good public speaker. I do not like speaking in front of people at all. I do not like speaking in front of people. Uh, so I guess it's God's sense of humor to uh, give me a call to preach. Amen. And so I am very privileged to be here. I give honor to uh, Pastor Gilbert and his beautiful wife. Amen. I give extreme high honor. Amen. To a man of God that is willing to consistently step behind the pulpit and deliver his soul. Amen. Church, you ought to be thankful for a man of God that comes every service and delivers his soul. But Brother Gilbert wouldn't be the man that he is without the woman of God behind him, backing him, strengthening him. And so I give high honor, double honor to Sister Gilbert as well. Amen. I love these two this wonderful couple, amen, I uh, was privileged and able to, uh, years, years, years ago, uh, I'm not that old, but years, years, and years ago, I remember seeing Brother Darren or Brother Gilbert and Sister Gilbert as they were the uh, youth leaders or youth presidents down there in Texas and Lufkin. I remember that. I remember him long ago, and I'm not good with names, but I'm good with faces, so I remember him and his burden that he had for young people, and now here he is into a pastoral role, and I know that he loves his people. Amen. He prays for his people. I said he loves his people, and he prays for his people. Amen. I, I, I thank God for men with shepherd's hearts. Amen. That's not concerned about how much money you put in the tithes. Oh, wait. Pastor taught me something. He said, son, when it gets quiet, you park on the curb and you preach. I said, you got a pastor that don't care how much money you put in tithes, that your money doesn't concern him. Your money doesn't scare him. He's going to preach to you the truth. I said, he's going to preach to you the truth. Amen. And so I'm thankful for a man of God that's not afraid to stand behind the pulpit and deliver the word of the Lord. Amen. I give honor to Bishop Gilbert. Amen. And Sister Bishop Gilbert. Amen. The covering of this house. What a man he is what a woman she is she's kept him in line all these years <laughs> amen bishop i'm learning that as well i'm learning i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning but i'm thankful for a bishop in my life as well i give honor to my pastor my man of god amen i wouldn't be the man that i am without him um, him investing in my life and um, you know changing my my life i love him he's my he's my spiritual father as well as my spiritual father he's my dad figure in my life and i love him and i appreciate him for all that he's done i give honor to my first mom she's at the house she's going to be watching if she's not already watching uh, then i give honor to my second mom which is my pastor's wife i love her that stern hand that tells me what i'm doing wrong and what i'm doing right uh, and so I love her. I give honor to my best friend in the entire universe, my best friend, Jordan Davis. Man, 
love your hair, but it's got to go. And so (laughs) uh, I give honor to him and his beautiful bride, Sister Jessica Davis. My goodness. J-J-T-D-A-Y-C. Amen. Me and him spent many of times laying in the floor before the Lord. Uh, We spent many conferences together. There was one year when we first met, we went to every conference in America. (laughs) J-J-T-A-Y-C. We made that up uh, as our little calling card. And also give honor to my beautiful bride. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're working on five months. Actually, uh, two days ago was five months of marriage. I, I love her. I appreciate her keeping me in line. Praise the Lord. We all know who's in charge. Amen. She's in charge. Amen. I love her. Um, she is an introvert. She does not like to travel. Amen. I know you're all standing, but I got to stand my whole message, so y'all will be okay. <laughs> uh, and so I love her. She is not a traveler. Amen. And so she's turning into one, and so I love her. But I'm thankful for the Lord as well. I give honor to God. I love him. I'm nothing without him. I give honor to him. Amen. Looking forward to all that's going to transpire after service. I know I'm standing in between you the rest of your day, enjoying great food. Amen. But there's time, always time to hear preaching. Amen. And uh, we're going to do that this morning. I'm not a long-winded preacher, but I'm going to try to preach long today. I have 1,300 words. And I'm probably going to preach more of those, uh, but we're going to try to get through them fast. I'm not long-winded at all, but I feel that the Holy Ghost is going to is going to help us. Amen. You are going to be experiencing um, over about two years' worth of uh, burden on my spirit and a couple months' worth of burden on my spirit. And so I've been carrying this around, coming and visiting the church and filling out people. And I love people, but filling out spirits, and I want to obey the Holy Ghost because uh, I want God to help somebody. Anybody come to be helped today? I said, did anybody come to be helped today? Amen. I made it my, my, my prayer to God, let me leave affected. I don't want to leave the same. I want to leave affected. Amen. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter number 5. Amen. Joshua chapter number 5. Thank you, media team, people in the sound booth. Y'all don't get enough credit. Amen. I love y'all as well. (laughs) And so uh, I appreciate y'all and all y'all do. And so I love the media team, the sound booth team. Amen. Uh, Joshua chapter number five. Um, I'm going to jump to verse number one here. I I was uh, in prayer the other day, and um, this came to me. And so we're going to read this, and then we're going to, I'm going to tell you what I felt. Um, so verse number one says, And when it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, Amorites means bitter, rebel, or a babbler, uh, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which means burden, hindrance, and strong influence, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan. Jordan means to flow down or descent from the children of Israel unto 
we were passed over and that their hearts melted. That means, that little um, insert there means that they got discouraged and they were afraid. Neither was their spirit uh, in them anymore before the children of Israel. And what I received in prayer the other day, I'm going to insert this and then we're going to bump this and move on, is, is that uh, when they thought that because a proclamation of dissent was brought up before them because in order for them to go into Jordan or cross over Jordan, they had to descend to where Jordan was. And so when the enemy figured out that no way this border was going to keep the people of God, this border is going to keep them and it's going to hold them back. But once they realized that God had made a way for them to cross over the border that was in their life, once the enemy understood and figured out that God had offered a way for the children of Israel to benefit from the descent that they're making, sometimes in your life, the best thing for you is to go down. Sometimes in your life, you feel that you keep going down, 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 down. But it's beneficial to you because when you get down, the only other way to go is up. And some of you have been down a long time, but God wants to bring you just a little bit higher this morning. Amen. And so let's jump to verse number two. At the same time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of foreskins. And at this time, at this cause, why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males all even all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came through or came out of Egypt, they, them, they had not circumcised. And so for a few minutes, just a little bit, I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost, simple message titled, Born in the wilderness. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands? Ask God to touch your spirit. Ask God to touch your soul. God, we love you. God, we come before you humble and boldly before the throne room. God, we're asking for you to step into this sanctuary for a little bit, God. We're, we're asking for you, God, to break up the fallow ground of my soul. Till the grounds of my spirit. Let the word of God be planted as a seed deep down inside of me. Let me leave affected and changed, strengthened, renewed, transformed by the word that is going to go forth today and we are going to give you all the praise the honor and the glory everybody say in Jesus name amen I want to we clap our hands for receive amen you may you may be seated from the genesis of time there has always been a battle for the mind of man when sin was introduced to humanity, the carnal side of man gasped for its first breath. To be carnal, it is an adjective. It means to be in or of the flesh, bodily, material, or worldly, comma, not spiritual this carnal way of thinking this flesh became the catalyst to crippling the people of God and it began and became the instrument the devil will be so skillfully using and wielding to undermine the people of the living God to undermine and keep 
captive humanity but uh, there was something that would change there was something that would transform because he knew that if he could get uh, mankind to feed their flesh more than the spiritual things of God that he could obtain victory over them he could oppress them he could keep them down but when flesh is left unchecked it will always breed destruction when your flesh is left intact it will always breed destruction your flesh is contrary to the word of God your flesh is contrary to the things of God because you are all born in sin and shapen in iniquity so there is no person that your good deeds will not get you through the pearly gates your good deeds and being a good person will not get you into the kingdom of God I've come to tell somebody today that you can be the best person on this planet but if your flesh is left alive then it will destroy you it will kill you it will hinder you it will keep you from doing the things that God wants you to do in your life how do I know this? Because in Genesis chapter number 6, uh, verse number 12 through 14, God speaks to a man named Noah. God said, and God looked uh, upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh uh, had corrupt in his ways upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood room shalt thou have in the ark and thou shalt pitch it within and without God was telling Noah that flesh has got to die all flesh is nothing is going to survive after I get done when you get filled with the Holy Ghost your flesh has got to die when you get filled with the spirit of the Lord your flesh has got to die your will has got to submit under the mighty hand of God And if you're going to be saved, there's an ark that's got to be involved. If you are going to be saved and survive this old wicked society, there has to be an ark that's involved because flesh is toxic. It's crept into every home. It's crept into every job. It's crept into every political party. Flesh is the will that keeps on willing. It's the thing that keeps on going. It don't know when to stop. It don't know when to quit until you're dead. We live, make a lot of people nervous today. But I feel a burden in my spirit to preach to you. I feel a burden in my spirit not only to preach to these young people. Because before I can get to the young people, I've got to go to the generation before them and tell you. And if you don't keep the ways of God, your kids ain't going to keep the ways of God. You can't expect these kids to dance and shout and be sold out to the kingdom of God if you're sitting there like a bump on a log. My pastor taught me, son, if you can preach in a nursing home, you can preach anywhere. And I'm not intimidated by you looking at me like I got poop on my face. But I want to let somebody know if you want the things of God to be revealed in your world, you've got to get up and do something. If God had to move to make something happen, nothing's going to change in your life with you sitting there. If you want a miracle, you got to get up and you got to do something. We live in such a wicked world, a wicked society 
that men are confused what bathroom to use. Women are confused and say we don't need a man to reproduce, but that's not the things of God. I want to let somebody know tonight that the word of God says male and female created he them. So you're not going to confuse this old boy. I know what my preacher has taught me and I know God for myself. I've read it with my own two eyes. I want somebody to know that flesh has got to die. Such a wicked world we live in. I can run through the streets of New York City saying we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. I feel it. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. And there's parents that allow their kids to rule their house. And it was quiet. So pastor said, park there and preach. You can't allow your kids to do what they want to do. That's why God put you in their life. Such a perfect world, such a wicked society that we got men and women laying with men and women laying with women. God is not pleased. Flesh has got to die. If I've learned anything for being an evangelist so so little I'm still I'm still so green I've not learned everything that I need to learn I, I wouldn't say I'm such a seasoned evangelist that I know everything but I'm just stupid enough to do what the spirit tells me to do and I'm going to do that this morning because flesh has to be addressed it has to be addressed if you want to be what God called you to be world if the world can be unapologetic for the agenda that they're trying to push in our children's face then I refuse to spare no expense on the way that I preach I'm not going to apologize for the way that I preach I'm not going to be sorry for the way that I preach I'm not going to cower down and not preach oh my God I feel the Holy Ghost right now I'm telling somebody that it's not going to intimidate me the spirit of hell that comes against me I'm going to push through it and break through it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world God has given you the power God has given you the spirit to push back against this world somebody clap your hands to the Lord flesh has got to die you may be seated God tells Noah I need you to build an ark need you to build a place that is going to be a safety for your family. It's going to be salvation for this world if they choose to take it. See, salvation is a choice. You can choose to be saved. Not shaking a preacher's hand. Not signing a card. But when you come down to the altar and you lift your hand, you ask God to forgive you, and he fills you, it's a choice. You choose to do this. I choose to, nobody makes me live for God, Pastor Dan. My pastor don't make me live for God. I choose to do this. I choose to run. I choose to shout. I choose to lift my voice. Why? Like they were singing, this is my power. 
This is what God has granted me to take, take dominion over this earth. Yes, Man, and so, and so, I, I choose to be this way. No, nobody is holding a gun to my head and, and make, you got to come to church. No, but God is going to say, well done, thou good and faithfulness is key. You got to be faithful in your giving. You got to be faithful in your attendance to church. But attendance, to, you don't just come to church so pastor feels good. So he don't be calling you asking you where you are. Oh, man. Look what I found. Look what I found. You, you, don't, you don't come to church to make pastor and sister Gilbert feel good. You come to church because you know that's how you're going to be saved. Because with this ark, Pastor, there's going to be a man that's in charge of this ark. Noah, you have been placed at the ark to be in charge of the ark. He is the determining factor that tells your key. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you right now. You need to develop a love for your preacher. You need to open the doors of your heart and say, Preacher, you better tell me yes, and you better tell me no. You better tell me what I need to do to be saved. You want to know why? Because you only got one shot at making heaven your home. And if you don't heed the voice of the man of God in your life, you're not going to be saved. I'm telling you what. My, my pastor's different. My pastor said, son, I don't care how high you jump. I want to know how you walk when you land. I want to know how you walk when you get to the house. I want to know how you walk when you're on your phone. I want to know how you walk when you're laying in the bed all by yourself. I want to know how you walk when pastor's not sitting in your living room. I want to know how you walk when nobody's there but you. I want to see your walk. He said you pitch it within and you pitch it without. Don't tell me that you believe in holiness. Show me you believe in holiness. Because it can't just be on the inside. It's got to be on the outside too. There's got to be something, a distinction between you and... There's got to be a... But we've got people in Pentecost that says, all right, here we go. I'm going to ride the fence. Pastor says, son, if you ride the fence too long, something's going to start hurting. You got to pick a side. Look at here. Some people's offering is less than their Netflix subscriptions. Amen. Amen. Did you, you see how quiet it got right there? Park and preach. He said some of, you, some of your offerings are, are less than your Netflix and Hulu subscriptions. Some of you pay more at Starbucks than you do in the offering. Man, they're going to run me out of here today. But I'm telling you that it's the truth. And the only way we're going to be saved is if I preach to you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I've got to preach to you and tell you what got me here. i got to preach to you the way that my elders preached to me. They preached to me, son. If you're going to be anything for God, flesh got to die. There ain't room for two. Man can't serve two masters. You can't be for the world on Friday. You, oh, God. They're going to kill me. You can't know more NFL stats than you do major and minor profits. <clears throat> See how quiet it got? 
That's because somebody's flesh is alive. That's because somebody's flesh is trying to buck up against the pulpit. That's because somebody's flesh is trying to say, Preacher, don't walk down my lane now. Don't touch my sacred cow. Oh, but the devil's a liar. I've come to preach and tell you that your flesh has got to die. It's got to die. Living in a society where some churches between the North Pole and the South Pole that's within our ranks cancels church on Sunday so they can all put up plasmas in the pl- on the in the in the in the parking lot so they can watch the Super Bowl. Oh, the devil is a liar. There's people that were within our ranks that say, okay, all right, we're all going to go to a Rangers game instead of going on outreach. That's why your church ain't growing. It's because your flesh is alive. Because God didn't call you to be D1, boys. God didn't call y'all to be D1 and no Baylor. He didn't call you to be D1... Hey, we know we got young people that know more about the ball going through nylon nets than they do blinded eyes being open. Oh, there's such a problem with the church when we invest more in the sports than we do getting on our knees. Our babies don't even know how to pray, but they know how to... Somebody lift your hands, please. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. This is two years worth of burden that's been on my soul. I've watched some of these young people grow and mature in the spirit. And I've got to be the one that raises the banner. Pastor, I'm 25. That means I'm in the middle of Generation Y and Generation And know what's right and what's wrong. You came, you can be in this world, but you don't gotta be of the world. He said, Come out, come out, come out. The reason why they couldn't go into Jordan, the reason why they couldn't cross over into Canaan is because Egypt was still in. I'm getting ahead of myself. Because Egypt was still in them. But he said, when you circumcise yourself, I'm going to remove the reproach of Egypt off of you. And I'm going to call a Gilgal to come in your life, which means the rolling away, the circle of stones. I'm going to cause a new beginning. Some of you want to start over. You need to kill the flesh. Some of you want a new start. You're not going to find it in an AA meeting. You're not going to find it in a 12-step program. You're going to find it in the church. Church of the living God. You're going to find it right here. See, this church is different from the church down the road. This is where the Holy Ghost is. This is where the Spirit of the Lord, this ain't smoke and mirrors. This ain't nothing fake, nothing phony. But when you walk into this church, God steps in. Got to help you today. This pitch was... uh, Pitches, wood tar. You may be seated. It's wood tar. It holds things together. Keeps things together. You put it on the inside, and you put it on the outside. It's just going to hold you together. This this holiness thing, 
brother, if holiness, pastor, if holiness was the way that we dress, the Muslims, they got us beat. That's right. Oh, we got a lot of catching up to do. You can't, you got to see their eyes. I hate to be the man that says I do. And then she take off that thing, it's a dude. <laughs> Stuck, brother. Once you come up in here, oh, me. Once you come up in here, you only get married one time. Pastor said, he looked at me and said, son, that's it. You better make it work. That's it. Because we don't do barroom activities in the church. This ain't no bar. This is the church of the living God. This is where the spirit of the Lord is. When you... You don't step up on this thing. See, I have a different respect for what my pastor taught. You don't step up on this thing with sin in your life, brother. You can't control that flesh. You better, there's a stair. You better go ahead and step on down. Because God's judgment is just as powerful on the platform that it is out there. God will judge me a lot much harder if I don't preach to you what I'm preaching than what you're going to be judged by. I'm going to be held accountable for what I say today. And when I stand before God, I don't want to say, God, I tried my best. He said, but you failed. No, no, no. I'm going to preach to you what the Holy Ghost dropped into my spirit. Cause this burden's got to get off of me. I got to go to sleep tonight. My poor wife. I'm up all the time when we're going places. I'm up three, four times at night. She's trying to sleep. She can sleep anywhere. But still, I'm just trying to sleep next to her. And I'm getting up for Because there's, there's a pool. Pool towards Denison, Texas. God said, son, when you get there, you better preach. You better preach. Doug White told me, he said, preach like your pants are on fire, son. <laughs> your flesh has got to die. After enduring the, uh, the grossness of the flood, it seemed that all flesh has died, but flesh found a way to stay alive. You may be seated. As Ham does the unthinkable to his father, and over time, flesh begins to grow and fester, and finally, God said, we're going to have to deal with this issue. We're going to have to deal with this flesh. In Genesis chapter number 17, he instructs Abram to circumcise himself. This circumcision means the procedure one would do to remove flesh. It's the cutting away of flesh. It's something that happens that when you do it, there's pain and there's blood. It's going to be a process. It's going to be painful to let go of your worldly friends, young people. It's going to be hard to do that but if you do it God has something more something deeper for you to do and when you let them go they'll see that they're real they'll see that they're not wishy-washy and phony they'll see that they're not one way on Monday Tuesday but the other way on Sunday when you go to school and say I can't be and go where you go and do what you do that's when you say I'm gonna get rid of the flesh in my life when you say hey I can't go to there I gotta go pray I gotta buy study to teach when they see that you're real they're gonna want what you have that's why the world and the charismatic movement is trying to copy what we're doing because they want what we've got and they can't get what we got if you're doing what they're doing you're doing 
what they're doing. Hey, we're okay. All we got to do is believe. All we got to do is profess the Lord as our personal Savior. Man, they have them by the droves, conferences. All right, everybody lift your hands and repeat after me. That don't happen. There's a process to this thing, Pastor. There's a process. You got to follow procedure. Noah, don't make it out of pine because pine's not going to float. You make it out. What's go for wood? Go for wood. Got that one from my pastor. <laughs> There's a certain way that this thing going to have to be made. Abraham, if you're going to ascend and be what I called you to be, then you've got to circumcise yourself. Why? Because Isaac's watching you and when Isaac comes Jacob's watching him there's somebody that's coming behind you that you're responsible for oh I seen the most beautiful thing today is that your daughter is that your daughter granddaughter as granddaughter watches Paul up there dancing and shouting and running when she gets to be brother Tate's age she's gonna say hey a ball is not gonna be the cure to my cancer the ball is not gonna be my the cure to my depression but I've seen Paul run the aisles I've seen Paul leap up and down see you're building a legacy behind you you're building somebody that's strong behind you Baseball's not the answer to your depression. Baseball's not the answer to your anxiety. What's the answer is found right here. It's the most beautiful thing ever. As I saw him giving everything he's got. He ain't playing. Home dude took off his jacket. When they do that, hey, there's no joking involved. Took off his jacket. He says, I want to show. Come here, Tate. He says, because I want to show, hey, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Son, this is how you do it. You see that? How you do it. Now, don't change it. Because there's eventually going to be somebody that's watching you that you got to show how to do it. You see that? How you do it. Thank you, buddy. You. you can learn to praise God despite what's going on in your world. There's something different about a praiser that's wounded. When a wounded praiser gets up, there's something different about that. Because anybody can praise when they got money in the bank. But when you broke and you ain't got nothing and the doctor didn't give you a good report and you jump up and down and say, preacher, see, God's looking for somebody to throw a hand in the air, shake a leg to let the devil know that I'm still alive and I'm still here. Because overall, I want the glory. I want the, I want the glory. That's what I'm after. I don't care about my name and lies. I want, I want the glory. God, show me. Show me your glory. Let me experience your power. Let me feel your spirit. 
God, do something in my soul that's going to leave me affected when I leave out of here. That when I walk up and down or and I walk into Starbucks, I can tell my clerk, I say, hey, you don't have to go home carrying that baggage you've been carrying all those years. I know a place that you can go that can cut off the bands of sin on your life. I know a place that you can go that can deliver you. But in order for you to get to that place, the flesh has got to die. You may be seated because when the flesh remains, let me tell you, when the flesh remains, you're more susceptible to it developing a disease that is detrimental to the body. You're more liable to cancer when the flesh remains because it's a disease that develops on the inside that not everybody sees until the signs begin to eventually reveal themselves on the outside. See, we have people today in this building that are dealing with things on the inside that are dealing with things that haven't manifested themselves on the outside. Just as the woman with the issue of blood, she fought it for 12 years it was an issue that was on the inside that was affecting the outside when you begin to stop clapping your hands and you begin to stop lifting your voice there's an issue on the inside but she got enough comfort between her and said if I could touch some of you need a touch Some of you need a touch. It's a disease that develops on the inside. And if it's not confronted, there's death. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There has to come a point where you're honest with yourself and say, Hey, pastor, I don't, I don't, you don't have to walk down my I already know. I'm going to be so transparent with you young people. I was... inside that you are scared to open up and be vulnerable because you think you're gonna you're gonna uh, be judged by it no I was there I already know we just just had a just had a young person confess to me and my wife as we sat down with them because I believe in invest I believe in the young people I believe in y'all I want y'all to know that I'm not up here trying to make myself tough because I'm going to go cry after this later. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not trying to make myself look big and bad. Yeah. Or get up there and just, yeah. No. The reason why I do what I do, because I believe in you and you've got to know that things have got to be different if you want the glory. I know, I know it's back to school, so I'm going to preach to them a little bit. I've been preaching at, preaching at y'all. I'm going to preach to them a little but I know. And he confessed to me and my wife. And I'm sitting there, just sick to my stomach. I, but I called it how many months before? Like two, three months before? I already knew. Because I, I was right there doing the same thing. And I was his age. And so I knew I was just waiting on him to be honest. See, pastor's waiting on some of you to be honest. And God is waiting on some of you to be honest and say, God, I cannot do it by myself. Young people, you are not strong enough to do it by yourself. 
tell you that right now. You are not big enough. You can't dunk the ball good enough. You can't cross nobody over good enough to do it by yourself. It's impossible. Impossible. You can't do it. You can't, you can't do it without God. You can't do it without a pastor. I need Pastor Darren and, I'm sorry, Pastor Darren and uh, Pastor Gilbert and Jordan. To come here, please. Let me show you something. Do you want to know why these two men are here? Pastor, he's not here to collect a check from you. He's not here to down you. He's here to get you to a place. Grab hands with Jordan, please. The bridge between two generations. That, that's the bond you need to worry about. The bridge between them. Sister, Sister Gilbert, Jessica. The bridge between two generations here. These, are, these should be the two most important men and women in your entire life, young people. Forget my coaches saying at school. Forget that dude. Forget even what my teacher's saying, because most of these teachers nowadays, this right here, this should be who you look to, because they're bridging the gap between you. So you can understand. Thank y'all. So you can understand what got us here. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. You may be seated. Joshua. <clears throat> reason why I brought Brother Pastor Gilbert up here is because Joshua was born in Gath. Joshua had went. He had seen God, God's hand in Egypt. He's seen that. He done went through the whole wilderness experience. And now here he is. And God said, circumcise the children of Israel. So Joshua had to show them what it's like to get what my ancestors got. Because we want to see the hand. Because up until that point, the people of God hadn't seen the hand of God moved like it moved in Egypt. Because they're all dead. Ones that seen that are dead. You want to know why? Bickering and complaining. Getting mad at Pastor Darren. Because he told me no. He told my little Johnny he couldn't do this. Who does he think he is? The man of God. That's who he is. My, my pastor sat me down. He said, son, do you want to be a ball player or you want to be a preacher? Which one do you want to be? Because you can't be both. You got to choose. You got to make up in your mind that I'm going to leave and let go of whatever they're talking about and pursue after the things of God. Now, most of y'all or all of y'all, none of y'all might even be called a priest. None of you may have a call of God in your life. That's okay. I wouldn't wish this upon you either. You think, you think it's easy for Pastor Darren to stand up here? God, God, God. You think it's easy for Pastor Darren to stand up here? Every Sunday, as God puts a burden in his spirit, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every service, he's got to show up, and Pastor Darren has to have it together. He's got to, because you need him, you need him to be that way, right? You need your pastor to be strong, and Pastor Darren's got to be strong even when he's weak. I'm going to just show you. We've got, my pastor had to stand up there after the death of his daughter. 
even when he's weak, he's got to appear strong to you. I don't wish, my, my, my pastor's bishop said, I'd rather you tame lions than be a preacher. Because there's things you're going to have to, to, to deny. Your flesh can't live with you if you're going to be a preacher. Because the mirror don't lie. When you wake up in the morning, that, it don't lie. I don't care who you think you are. When you look in that mirror, you know what you are. You know what's the secret things that you're doing in your life. You know when you look in the mirror and you look yourself in the eye. Because that mirror is going to tell you the truth. And when you come to church, it's time to look in the mirror. Pastor Darren gets up here and says, hey, look in the mirror. This is how we do things. You got to be honest if you want the glory. You want to see miracles? You got to be honest. If you want to see God show up, see, I don't preach anything I ain't seen. I've seen the blinded eyes open. I've seen, my mom was deaf, and I've seen her. I was there when her deaf ear got unstopped because you can't really see a deaf ear. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen miracles. I've seen the dead raised. You, under, you understand that? I've seen things that the generation after me hasn't seen. Because this world is so up in your face, telling you, hey, it's okay to do this. Hey, it's okay to identify with a 40-year-old 40, a man to identify as an 8-year-old girl. It's all right. He, she, they, them, us, we are, me too. So many acronyms, you don't even know who to call. Hey, what, what are you? But it's the truth. If we look in the mirror, we know what's going on in the world today. Come on, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you something that's not going on. I'm telling you what's happening in the world today. I'm telling you events that are going on as we speak right now. They have walks dedicated to this stuff. They have a month dedicated to this stuff. And that is what your kids and we've thrust our children into. And in order for our children to come out successful, there has to be a generation before them to invest in them that say this is the ways of God and we're going to follow therein. We're not going to do what they do because we're not like them. We're not like them. Not that they are people that can't be saved. But we are going to do something that God's pleased with. Because everybody is not tuned in. People at your school are not tuned in. The truth, church. But Monday morning when that bell rings, they're tuned in to truth, church. Whatever your pastors invested inside of you, there's your moment right there to show them. And that flesh has got to die if you want to pull somebody out. Because this thing's about souls. He preached for, Noah preached for 200 years and only eight people made in that ark. That's because flesh was left alive somewhere. And in order for us to win souls, because this thing is not about me. This thing is about souls. This thing is about seeing somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. This thing is about exposing the truth into somebody's life. And if I get up here and my flesh is still living, then nobody is going to leave change. I want you to know I've this is the longest I've ever preached by the way but I have just a little more and we can get out of here once Smith Houston's come give you some hope 
once, once Joshua got to this place and he began to circumcise the children of Israel, and they began to cut away their flesh, something happened. Something happened. Like I said at the beginning of the message, the enemy, their adversary, was counting on this fact to not happen. And he said, in order for us to truly overcome the adversary, we've got to get rid of our flesh. We've got to let our will die. We've got to let what we want die. We've got to have God's will be accomplished in our lives. Our, God's will is the most important thing ever in your life. You ought to be willing to please God more than you're willing to please anybody. You've got to follow the line of succession if you're going to please God. I don't, care, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how it makes me look as long as God, after I'm done, God's pleased with me. Uh, and I've done what the Holy Ghost has called me here to do. Uh, he may, we, we, I may not be here two, three, four years from now. This may be my only shot that I've got to, to invest in these young people. Uh, and I'm going to do that like God has instilled in me. Uh, the elders that came before me said, son, you better preach. You better preach. You better preach. You better tell them that there's a different way you better tell them that they gotta deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me their will has got to be crucified there has to be a circumcision that takes place and they get to Gilgal which is the place of new beginnings and they had the, well before that the scriptures before that two scriptures before that God tells them this is when the Passover happens, which is a time of reflecting. Some of you elders, you ought to take time to reflect on the things God has done for you in the past and instill that into this generation that this power is still the same as it was back then it's still as powerful today Bishop Gilbert the Holy Ghost is still the same when you were up here and now that pastor has taken it's still the same it's that still that same anointing because it, this thing is it, it'll last brother it'll last had a lady that was 94 years old in my church. She's died uh, the beginning of this year. But her last time testifying, the pastor said, anything you want to say? He said, I, she said, I just want to say, it'll last. I love elders because it shows me the longevity of this truth preaching. It shows me the longevity of what the Holy Ghost can do for you. It'll keep you when everybody else has turned their backs. It'll keep you when everybody else, this is a stock that'll never go down. And they have a Passover time of reflecting. And then they cross over. It's go time. And when they cross over the first city they come to, the first scripture that it tells you when they come over is Jericho was shut up. And they come up and it came to pass. There's people that you're going to encounter when you deny your flesh that they're going to have walls that have been erected in their life but you have the power to break down those walls when the flesh is dealt with let's all stand all over the house
You have the power to break down the walls when the flesh, when the flesh is dealt with. Because these were the people that were born in the wilderness. I think what's appropriate right now is everybody, everybody comes to the front and begin to say, God, here's my will. Here's my ambitions. God, I know I ain't done it all right, but I'm here to make it right. God, I know that I'm not perfect and I'm going to slip up and fall. But if you will let your spirit touch me, then I'm going to leave here differently. Why don't we do that as they begin to sing? Why don't we lift our hands and begin to talk to the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need you to help me. If you've never been baptized before, I want to usher you an invitation to have that old man, to have that rolling away happen, that new step uh, to happen in your life. Because when you're buried in the name of Jesus, uh, that old man is washed away. When you're buried in the name of Jesus, those sins are gone. God doesn't even remember those sins. And when you come up out of the water, uh, there's a gift that is waiting on you and that is the gift of the Holy Ghost guest I'm thankful that you came but I want to invite you to having a new step a change in your life come on why don't we do that why don't we raise the volume in the house today why don't we lift up our voices and begin to cry to the Lord and say God I need you to change me God I need you to help me God I need you to deal with my soul I need you Lord to help me become what you want me to become I need you Lord to help me and help my spirit to align with your word come on let's do that right now church hallelujah 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 come on that's it come on that's it hallelujah hallelujah in the name of Jesus God I'm asking you Lord God, to touch every person in this building today. Uh, you see these beautiful people that have gathered here today and they have made a step towards you. They've made a step to coming out of the old man and stepping into something new and I'm asking Lord that you help them. I'm asking that you change their life. I'm asking Lord that you help these parents and, and team members invest in the next generation. I'm asking that the Holy Ghost leads us as we leave them. As we begin to embark upon this mission and this journey in life. Help me to truly lead the next generation. 